So you guys want oh. to talk about today? You had a sign of mind, Eric. Well, what are you drinking? Cappuccino. Yeah, the cappuccino. This I'm looking forward looking forward to seeing the size of this cappuccino because half an hour ago you said you started making it. Well, <laughs> it was uh, yeah no. I, some other things came up. We have uh, we had somebody. We have a bunch. I've had a bunch of contractors coming over the house to do work. We have we have a lot of stuff happening. Uh, a lot of uh, jobs being done. So I'm always letting people in and out. Uh, so the cappuccino didn't take that long to make. Uh, but this one is it's, it's actually a really special cappuccino. I've been uh, making. My cappuccinos with uh, goat colostrum. Ah, yeah, I saw the picture you had on Twitter of the the bottle of uh, colostrum. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, so basically it's like a, it's still a quarter milk and then a quarter colostrum. Um, but because I think if you did straight colostrum, it's a little lower in fat, so it wouldn't. Can you explain up. to people listening who don't know what that is what it is? Oh, people don't know what colostrum is. Some people don't. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so it's basically the uh, the first milk that comes out when any mammal gives birth and uh, begins nursing their young. It's the first, it's like this hyper-concentrated, uh, really nutrient-dense milk that comes out and it's uh, really th- almost thick. And uh, it lasts for about one to two days, at least in humans. And then after that, it's just normal milk. But uh, it's really high in, uh, it's like basically three or four times the amount of uh, you know, B vitamins, minerals, like calcium, magnesium. Um, it's, it's really high in uh, these immune. It, it's kind of like a way to program the immune system of the, of the new baby. It's, so it's full on all these proteins that uh, kind of teach the, the new immune system how to respond to the environment. And uh, so, you know, a lot of people use it for, uh, for just general immune health. Uh, I just, I, I'm using it because I, I had some I forgot about. It was in the freezer, and uh, I've been. It, and it tastes really good. So and, the purpose uh, of it is it. It does. It's not just that you're. It's not just like a boost of a lot of nutrients. It's also to trigger a response in the immune system. Yes, and you know, obviously, this is tailored to uh, to the goat. So I don't know how much it helps the immune system of a human. Um, but there's a lot of crossover, you know, evolution is pretty redundant. Like they like to reuse a lot of proteins and stuff. And so. goat, goat milk's much closer to human milk anyway, isn't it? Yeah. Goat milk's a little closer. Yeah. 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 Um, so, and I, what, the reason why I started doing this is I remember when I lived in LA, I used to buy this raw milk from the farmer's market. And, uh, this is before a lot of regulations were hitting. And so they had this really special milk that was, uh, it was milk spiked with colostrum. And uh, I remember I was getting that and uh, I made just enormous gains in the gym when I was drinking that, you know, I would drink, uh, you know, a couple gallons a week and uh, it seemed like I was making really big, really good progress on my weightlifting. And so, uh, and then they discontinued it because they were cracking down on raw milk and uh, colostrum. And so uh, this, so I'm hoping to return to it now. But it's also, you know, it's really good. It made a really nice, uh, really good foamy head on the cappuccino. There's some uh, actionable advice for someone who's listening. A couple yeah. of gallons of colostrum. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so did you... Um... What about you guys? What are you drinking? I'm actually drinking since Friday What's night here key? now. What are you, are you drinking? Uh, I'm actually drinking red wine now. 
Oh, yeah. Uh, wow. Nothing fancy. I'm not a wine guy. Uh, it's like a cheap red wine that we got from a... It was a cheap red wine that we got from a supermarket for food, but it actually turned out it's pretty nice. It's a Bordeaux. That's as far as I know. And um, But well, it's surprisingly nice, but I don't have a very well-refined palate, so I'm not someone to take advice about wine from. I think that's good enough with wine. That's what I say is, oh, it tastes good. I yeah. like it. Yeah, I think that's enough. I mean, I could be snobbish about whiskey, but not wine. I just, okay. um, yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, rough when it comes to wine. Um, yeah. What about you, Keith? Uh, water with some lime in it. That's it. Nothing fancy. You look like you've just been training, Keith, yeah? I just always look like this. <laughs> okay. <laughs> just walking around pumped constantly. Uh <laughs> What about you, Eric? Did that shirt come with no sleeves or you cut them off yourself? No, this is it came with no sleeves. This is from the uh, Renaissance Fair. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but it did have, uh, it did have string here, like binding this up, but I didn't really like it. So I just opened it up. Yeah, too wide. The string bar stuff they're drinking all the colostrum. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Oh, uh, yeah. Today finally feels like a spring day. It's like 70 degrees, uh, not hardly any clouds in the sky. Uh, really beautiful. So we finally got a, um, a nice day. And I think the temperatures are supposed to stay like this. So uh, you can just tell when you get these days in the beginning of spring when the weather kind of pops and uh, just elevates your mood and you feel good. We're having the opposite. We're having a cold snap here. We're, um, you know, there's there's snow again in the mountains. Everybody's like overly dressed, and uh, even I haven't been walking around with a hat on in the house. So cold inside the house. You know, you're opening the doors to get the heat in a little bit during the day, but it's been really cold. Surprising. Um, but soon it'll be very warm, and I'll miss this. So I'm not going to complain. Yeah, I don't miss the cold ever. The uh, so what what are we talking about, Eric? You had a topic um, that you said you've been thinking about. Yeah, when I say thinking about it, just kind of popped into my head. You know, once. that's thinking. Yeah, that, no, that's that's how they work. Uh, yeah, it's just kind of making the. Uh, it's not a it's not a new topic. It's things that it's something that people talk about a lot, but I think it's uh it's an important one, and it's something that I always remind myself every once in a while. It's uh you know to make. Uh, like all this time we spend online, uh, talking to people, making friends, uh, consuming, uh, information, advice and whatnot. Uh, it's important to, uh, make it, make it all real, you know, don't just kind of, uh, it's, it's important to kind of integrate the, what you're consuming in the online world, um, with the real world, because, um, the, the weird thing is, is that, um, you know, I think a lot of us who spend a decent amount of time online uh, do so because uh, you can get, there's a level of, I don't want to say sophistication, but uh, uh, there's just a, a different, uh, different level or strata of info and advice and perspectives you get online and uh, as opposed to quote unquote, the normie perspective. Uh, and uh, I think it's important to not just kind of wallow in the 
what's the word? How would I say this? Um, wallow in the sort of novelty of all the interesting things you can learn online. Uh, you have to actually make use of it. You have to bring it into being. You have to, uh, you know, integrate it into your life. Um, and I know this is uh, this is a big thing with self improvement uh, content. You know, things like like the Tim Ferriss podcast or anything like that. You know, any kind of listicle that you read about, you know, how to uh, how to optimize your workspace or your workday, things like that. Morning routines is uh, you get this. When you read content like that and it really jibes with you, you get this burst of dopamine because it's almost like you're you're imagining that you're doing the thing that you're reading about, you know, like you kind of trick yourself into thinking that you're making some step forward into improving yourself. But really, you've just you've just consumed some content. Um, and now if you so if you take that and you actually put it into being into practice and you start doing the things that you're learning about, then, then that's a great, I mean, that's, that's the key. That's the, that's a great way to integrate the online world with your real life. But I think, uh, it can be all too easy to consume content, maybe, you know, make notes about what you're going to do, what, how you're going to change your morning routine or how you're going to start working out. And then you don't actually do it. Uh, so you get this, em this sort of this empty dopamine burst. And then you, rather than using that dopamine, because dopamine is a, is a movement motivator. You know, it's what kind of compels an organism to, to move through the universe, to do things, to act. If you use that instead, instead of actually using it to start uh, doing the, the things that you want to start doing, instead you just start, you just can, you move on to you scroll down the timeline, you move on to the next article, you start the next podcast and start consuming some other content telling you to do this novel thing. And then you, you just go down the line of never actually putting anything into practice, but you're, uh, you're kind of feeding your brain this drip of uh, low calorie dopamine, you know, dopamine that never leads to anything. Um, and, you know, I say this, with such precision and detail because I've been guilty of it myself before. That's the thing. I think we all are. Um, and so, yeah, so I just wanted to uh, throw this out. Uh, what are some ways that people can actually start, um, you know, consume this content and make it work for you, bring the online into the real world and integrate it. I, mean, I have some ideas, but I'd like to hear from you other than just in part, Part of the answer is just uh, just do it, you know, just <laughs> kind of force yourself. You're like, okay, you're actually, you want to do this thing? Just just do it. I mean, that's one level. But uh, I'd be curious to hear what you guys think. So what you're saying is you, like in terms of evolution or whatever, the person has the urge to do something. And then before, because there's no content, you would just, the urge, after the urge is then you beginning to do the thing. And now you get the dopamine because you're now doing the thing. Whereas now we have this layer of content, this sort of simulation in between where we, you get the urge to do it. And then, so rather than go and do it, I'll do some research on it or I'll find out what it would be like to do that. Or I'll imagine in the perfect result. Now you yeah. get the hit and you're, 
now you've convinced you've part of you feels like you've done it now you've started doing it so you're like uh you now no longer want to do it because uh, like I noticed that before if you tell if you have a goal and you tell someone about the goal it depends who you tell in the circumstances it's, but in general if you blab too much about something you're doing you kind of lose the something of the energy goes away of what you're working on in general not always um yeah. so like the trick then would be not just you're saying just do it but it's also not do this the research thing necessarily or do start doing it then research and then back to doing it Make the yeah. doing it first, even if you don't know what you're doing, because then the dopamine hit or however is you're getting it from the action, not the th- imagine the simulation of the action. Is that yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The the thing that I I don't I can't say it's true all the time, but um I try to make a more concerted effort to do this is like if I share something, I'll always try to share it after the fact. Like I've done it already. And then I share it, not like talking about doing it. And then, I mean, like I said, I I can't say I've been true to that in every situation, but most of the time, like that's, that's what I try to lean towards or consciously think of. Like I'd rather do it and then share my experience about what I did as opposed to try to, I don't know, think about or come up with an idea of what to do um, online. Yeah. What about what about someone who say like, like follows Keith and uh, you know, they see you doing uh, the thing and talking about the thing. Uh, how would you, how would you convince them or how would you, what advice would you give them to, uh, to, if you know, it's something that they want to try, how do you convince them to uh, actually try it without getting too deep in the weeds and, you know, getting tripped up on their own dopamine? Um. That's a good question. I mean, the immediate thing that comes to nothing I do really requires that much planning or anything like that. So like to, to just do it and try it out. And like, uh, uh, I wish I had a better answer than that. Um, but like at, at some point people just have, you got to take the step, right. You got to do the action. Um, and Uh, like it's up to the person to, to finally just like commit to doing something and, and show up for yourself in that way. Um, One thing that you can do, like if, if you want to um, give yourself a little bit, little incentive, like buy your, if you get curious, if you're curious about like, uh, like take, for example, the mace maces that I um, exercise with, one, they're not that expensive relatively. Two, you could probably get a sledgehammer for even cheaper than you would buy a mace for. And uh, the, just the very act of like going and getting something now, like you are incentivized to at least use it at least once and try it out. So um, give yourself some type of little like, um, I don't know, use the dopamine in a positive way like to buy yourself something new to be able to use it. Like now you want to use it because that's, uh, but you're also doing like, um, you're actively uh, going and moving and uh, setting that, um, that new pattern into play, like starting it, getting the engine revving. Yep. So uh, then you could build off of that. And um, the, the biggest thing is to, uh, 
to get the um, get that initial spark, um, like jump over the first hurdle, make it a small hurdle. And then uh, lots of times once you start an action, other actions are easier to do. Um, that's what I, I mean. It was uh, something recently, I think um, it, we were kind of joking around about off of a thread that Alex did, I think. But um, I said, if I had a dollar for every experiment with uh, food or supplements that I tried out uh, based on something you vaguely mentioned, Eric, I'd have a lot of dollars because um, to, to at least experiment with these things and try them out on your own, um, on your own is, is like pretty cheap and uh, some of the stuff is good and you just find out for yourself. So I don't have to take your word for it now. I will most in most cases, but, um, I can, uh, I could just see for myself whether I like it, if it's, uh, if I feel like it's something I want to continue to do or, uh, try and, um, yeah, it, it it's, yeah. There's no simpler way to put it other than just you got to take more initiative to do it. Like if you see something you like, go for it. I think not a lot of people, not to say not a lot of people do that. People do that all the time. But it's uh, I think the um, the platform itself, Twitter or any online platform is more driven to just have you continue to write more words on the screen and less to take actions in your own life. I mean, that, that's just the idea of the, uh, that's just how the platform works. But um, if you want to be smart about how you're using it, ideally you're, you're learning something and part of learning something is trying it out for yourself and, and seeing how it works. So um, there's, I don't know. There's not some like secret answer. I don't think to this. It's just like, uh, you got to go for it. You got to try different stuff. And um, yeah, there's, some, there's a trap that people need to avoid. There's like a trap where they, they decide they're going to try something. I've done this lots. Uh, and then you spend ages trying to find out to, but if you're buying something, you have to, you're desperate to buy the right one. So like you spend ages asking people the right one and no recommend this to me. And, you know, just don't be afraid of buying the wrong thing because now you're in auction. So you buy, okay, you buy the wrong mace or whatever. It's not the right size or weight or whatever. Or, I did you know, that. Well, exactly. So, but now you have one and you're like, I, want... I couldn't move it. Okay, perfect. So I had to get smaller ones because it was too, well, too I'll either I'll either get bigger and stronger or I'll get a smaller mace, smaller mace, probably yeah. easier. Um, but yeah, that's it. You just because now you're in motion, because now you've got this wrong thing there. Oh, I'll get a better version. So like, oh, what's the right, which company's nu nutrition should I buy for this thing? Just buy one. Now you're someone who, who does that stuff and then who, who tries who experiments with this, whatever it is, uh, and then get a better one later. You know, obviously within reason, the money-wise for people. But it's that, like, that's the trap that will trick you and make you procrastinate or just avoid it. Or now you've used up so dope, so much dopamine because the expert guy is giving you his advice of the best one in that. Or worse, two or three have given you contradictory advice. And now you're like, this is like way far away from the original impulse to do the thing. You're like le levels away from it. It's like you're really, you're, it's going far, making it less and less real if, if the goal is to make it real. Yeah, that, that's one of the things the or kind of what I'm driving at is like you have to take 
if, if you're going back and forth and researching and trying to find the best review or something, you're, you're offloading all that experience onto someone else. And you're saying, I, I, I'm not going to be able to make my own decision on this. I need somebody else to make the decision for me. And it, it's just that, um, uh, is it decision fatigue? Is that what they call it? Like too, I guess that's having to make too many decisions, but. Uh, oh, I am analysis paralysis by analysis oh, anal or analysis, yeah, yeah, analysis paralysis. Anal it, that's, that's pretty much the core of it. Like, are you going to offload it onto somebody else or are you just going to try it out yourself and see if it works and if it doesn't? And um, you got to be willing to fail at some point. And, and I don't mean like fail, fail, but uh, just like make a mistake. Um, it happens all the time. You know, uh, I made a mistake. The, uh, the picture I shared of uh, the kimchi and the uh, beef heart, leftover beef heart, that was awful. I tasted it. I thought it would taste great, but that was uh, terrible that I made today. So I still mm -hmm. ate it. But that's the other thing that you're saying about Twitter. It rewards you for being right and talking about things that you're right. It doesn't reward you for here's a fuck up, here's a fuck up. This is like, this is terrible. It doesn't reward you that. It rewards you for saying some uh, over the top way of like just judgment. This is the best one. Everyone's an idiot if they don't do this one. Um, that's what gets, gets uh, retweeted or whatever, isn't it? Yeah. But the special thing I think about Twitter is that uh, it's, I guess, it's good and bad, but it can uh, it can really compel people to just like to try weird things, you know. Uh, you'll see a lot of people sharing, you know, memes like, uh, "Oh, what's your source for that claim?" and they, and it's like, "Oh, my Twitter friend told me," you know. Uh, so there is, it does. It, I, I don't know what the uh, maybe it's like, you know, the mimetic power of Twitter. But uh, there is a level where it can it can eliminate that middleman, that decision maker, and you know it can, it can kind of eliminate decision fatigue because if you you I I mean I know I have people that contact me and they're like oh I, you know I tried that crazy ass sounding thing that you mentioned and it's great it's working out uh, whereas I've been telling the same crazy shit to my friends in real life for the last twelve years and you know almost nobody takes me up on it. But there's something about Twitter where uh, maybe it's just the fact that it's in in text form and we have this we assign some level of authority to text, you know, especially if it's just short, punchy, you know, uh, tweets where people take the advice of total strangers and uh, and for better or worse. So uh, I think that so it can it can really be a good uh, I think Twitter can really help people fight that uh, decision fatigue that. Uh, tendency to wallow in dopamine without taking action but you gotta you gotta really curate your your feed you gotta follow the right people and i don't have an answer i mean besides just follow the people in here that's part of it you know yeah you gotta follow us at least yeah. so, um, like if you think about how people join they often you get into like the you're looking for the insight insight twitter platitude twitter you know you you you're kind of uh, or you, you think you're consuming like aphorisms and you're learning things and stuff, but really it's just you get caught up in the platitude thing at the start. Then if you're you know if you're tough, smart, then you gravitate away from that, and then you start looking for real things and people talking about real things. Then the the numbers of the traffic and the retweeting and stuff for the things you become interested in later are way less than those things. 
but it must be because they're you're just feeding you're getting the dopamine hit when you get these things you get this little burst of um, excitement or as if you've implemented this piece of wisdom or whatever it is and uh, it's only later you realize that you have to um, do something in the in the world and then come back to Twitter so like there's I was thinking that when you mentioned this topic Eric because um it's something to do with time as well. If, you, if you're online all the time, much harder to make it real because just through sheer time, the main yeah. thing in your life is being on it. And then you go off in it. Like, now I'll go out, take a break for the real world and then I'll come back to the real thing. You know, it's like the, the, the greater and the lesser is the greater is your online. So you can't, you can't not, uh, you can't help but make the real world stuff seem smaller because it's just the sheer time you're on it. So you kind of have to reverse if you can reverse it and yeah, spend more time. You need to scale too heavily in one direction. You need to flip it the other way so that it feels like the online is the doing the new thing. You're going. I'm going to go online and share this. Or I'm going to go online and um, find something out or share things. And then the base level is the real world. And I, I don't know if you can do that without time, without the it's just sheer time of one or the other. Um, I don't know what the cutoff point is. How many hours or one way or the other? I don't know. Uh, but there's definitely something to that because periods have gone where I'm not on Twitter more. I am, I just, I will be outside more. Uh, just, just, you just am, but you don't know if you're outside more. That's why you're not on Twitter. It's hard. You don't know. Um, and then it's very easy to, if you just spend, if you've got something to do and you, if you're like on online for like 10, 12 hours a day, try to do something for a long time, you just get sucked into that and it can be weeks before you go. You, you feel like an outside guy again. You're, you're like a room, I think of myself as like room guy and outside sun guy, you know, like and I'm just, they, they'll they'll flip uh, at some point. Yeah. The, uh, the one thing that you mentioned before, Eric, about um, how it's strange, like you could suggest something to your, uh, your friends in real life and they're like, nah, I'm not, I'm not going to listen to it. But you say something crazy online and like you get a dozen people there like, Oh yeah, what's that? Tell me about it. Um, one, I think like you're, at least for me, like there's such a um, difference of opinion or like diversity of thought, like with my friends in life, because lots of times it's not like we, we didn't become friends based on um the shared, I mean, there are shared interests, but it's, it's like a lot of the friends I either went to college with, I grew up with, um, I, there's some type of like local connection. It's not necessarily that, um, they're not niche friends. You didn't meet them in a niche online. So like you only know them in this yeah. niche or like, you know, a guy at work, but you've never been out for a drink with him or whatever else. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I think part of that is that like, you're, you, yeah, I think it is like, okay, I could trust that guy because I know he has a niche that he's has knowledge and his experience in. But if your friends in real life aren't into that same niche, then they're just like, well, Eric does his weird thing or Keith does his weird thing. And that's fine for him. I'll take a little bit of that here and there, but I'm not going to uh, just trust everything he says. I, I'd have my own niche that I'm interested in. Oh, fuck. Keith's yeah. talking about maces again. Fuck's yeah. <laughs> it's not Mason, but it's like other weird <laughs> shit. They're like, ah, oh, roll my eyes at this guy right now. It, it's something that I, I said. Um, there was a conversation, I think, that we had in Hawaii one night. And I said, uh, 
um, I was like, this is a conversation I could only have with you guys, because if I had tried to have this conversation with uh, like my friends at home, they're just not going to get it. Like there's a certain aspect of like the online world or that community that uh, you're a part of that, like if you're a part of it, you understand it. But if you're not, you're just like, I, I don't I don't really get it, um, which is fun. like people only have a certain bandwidth to uh, absorb. They got their own stuff that they're interested in and doing and there's um, not necessarily a lot of overlap, but I think that's also like a good thing. Like it's good to have friends that are in, that aren't interested in the same stuff you're interested in. Um, mm -hmm. But it also means that like a lot of what you say is not going to hit with them. Like they're just not going to um, appreciate some of the, some of the stuff that you have. Um, and it it's, I don't know, like it, as we, as like the, as these two, obviously like, I'm just thinking on like a historical timeline. Um, you're always like, people are always going to have in life friends. Uh, and then it seems like this weird thing is starting to grow now where you have online friends too. And um, you're going to have to live or dance in both worlds, live in both worlds. Like uh, you're just going to have to become a bit more, um, uh the, have the ability to do both uh grow that ability i've heard a couple of people on twitter in our group talking about having a twitter table at their wedding <laughs> yeah okay yeah 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 i've heard that i could see that i could yeah. imagine that for definite mm -hmm. yeah that's also <laughs> going to be like the weird guy outcast table <laughs> at the <laughs> wedding <laughs> or not i don't know maybe it'll be the life of the party what are you trying yeah. to say about your mutuals <laughs> I'm just saying you guys aren't for everybody. Okay, no, we're, no Mesa's to your wedding. Cool, we get. Yeah, long. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah, that that's um, in terms of like how to. I mean, to to back to the original question, like how do you bring the what you learn online back into your real life, like. Um, yeah, it's trying things out. Maybe it is, it is trying to, um, that's kind of a test, right? To see, like, obviously if, if you're in this world where you have a niche that you like online, that's kind of a test to see if it really works. If you could get it to stick with someone else that isn't in that niche. Like if you have a friend that is maybe like, I don't know if you could introduce an idea that you have, that you get online uh, to do something and you try to integrate it with someone that's not online. Like that could be a, an interesting experiment just to find out, like, is, is it just the product of me being in this place and having a demented mind that likes online niche stuff? Or is it like, is it something real that other people would appreciate? And they just haven't had the, uh, exposure to the same information. Um, and that's why they don't like it. Um, but yeah, that, that's instead of just doing a thing yourself, see if you can take whatever you've learned online and introduce it to someone else and see if they will, um, uh, integrate it into their life some way, a friend, a family member, whoever, um, it's, uh, 
It's an interesting thing. I think it happens a little bit with uh, like my friends. Like I'll bring up some crazy shit that I learned somewhere. And um, I think it out of a hundred things I say, maybe like they'll pick up on like two or three of them that uh, they'll kind of like and um, ask me more about or, or like try to do themselves or, or something. And um, but yeah, maybe that's your hit rate. Uh, for, for doing that, you just got to bombard, uh, people with, with ideas that you think are good and Mm -hmm. they won't pick up on all of them, but, uh, there will eventually be a couple of them that, that do grow beyond the online world and people start using in their day-to-day lives because they see benefit from it. Yeah. Well, you know, another thing I would recommend is, uh, especially, you know, regarding friends you make online, um, you know, a lot of them are far away uh, geographically, uh, but a lot of them, you know, will be within driving distance. And if you find any of those, I would say get together, you know, make take the online friendship into the real world and hang out if you can. You know, there's there's a lot of. I mean, you got to figure, you know, there's a, some people are worried about, you know, doxing themselves or, you know, revealing names and locations. But if it's someone that you're, that you trust and you're close with, then I would say try to make it a a real friendship offline. And it can even, it can even span long distances, you know, Uh, just like the Hawaii trip. I mean, that worked out great. Yeah. That was people from all all across the country um, that met up in, an even further place. So, and even if you'd only meet in a few, a couple of times a year, sometimes people who are like real world normal friends are depending on where where you live and what's going on in people's life. Sometimes it's not that often you do see each other. You, like if you, it's only it can be only a few times in the year. So, like yep. it's just as much you're being just as much a friend that you met online that you have to go meet somewhere, but you you're in con- constant communication. But then you uh, maybe actually only physically meet up a couple of times. It's that. It's, may not be that different from somebody you think you're you, you feel like you're seeing them more often but actually you're not um and if you actually thought about how often you get to see them it obviously depends people's place um but yeah, yeah when you sorry go ahead go ahead i was just gonna say but when you meet someone for real that you get friendly online it's great it's it's uh it's really good i've never had a bad experience with it at all it's always been the opposite yeah that was pretty good yeah the um the Except for Keith, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was a bad experience. Uh, no, no, that was a great experience. Yeah. Um, at least I thought so, so. Yeah, no, it was great. Uh, yeah, uh, so like, today I have a, there's a guy uh, who I've, he lives about, you know, he lives down in town. I'm up in the mountains. He lives about five, six miles away. And I was saying that, uh, yeah, so I've got a, uh, guy i've known for maybe a year and a half or so but he's a local guy a swedish guy who uh, is living here working in tech and he's got a family and he's coming he's coming up to my place and we're going to camp out he's got two boys um about around the same age as my kids so we're gonna have a little camp out uh we've had a few you know play dates or whatever or just hanging out sessions and so now we're going to camp and so but something like that is one way to uh you know bring it into your life if there's somebody who's nearby who's you know who meshes with you you know just 
do things like that. So it should be pretty cool. Yeah. The, uh, the one thing I wanted to mention too, is like, um, Kevin said that like a lot of your, your regular friends in, in, um, throughout your life, like you're only maybe seeing them a handful of times a year. Like I have my friends that I grew up with and we text all the time, but, um, we maybe only get together two or three times throughout the year. Uh, everyone's kind of, we don't live close by anymore, which is the big reason. Mm -hmm. But um, when you think about that, that's the, uh, what are you doing when you're talking to people online? It's mainly just texting them. Uh, mm -hmm. Even if it's like a tweet or replying to a tweet or DM or something like that, it's just text conversations. And a lot of your uh, friends that you've just had from growing up or school or whatever, they're all, um, it's text conversations, unless you're getting on the phone with them, which I know some people like to do, but yeah. um, most commonly it's, it's just texting people back and forth if they're, as long, if they're not close by. Um, I mean, I have other friends that live close by and we get together almost every week uh, and do something. But um, yeah, it, I would say for the, uh, a large portion of people it's it's just you're going back and forth in text which is no different than talking with someone online mm -hmm. so um it's just a matter of where you met where whether you met uh through the internet or in person somehow yep yeah i mean that reminds me i would because people forget this too i would add uh you know play with i mean meet up with your old friends those people who you uh you know maybe they live you know Maybe it's like a, a bit of an inconvenience. It's like a, a 30 minute drive. One sec. Let me get this dog away. Minnie, go get a ball. Go get a ball. Sorry. Got a border collie here. She just demands that I throw things. Um, but yeah, uh, I would apply this to your, uh, to your real life friends as well. Cause people neglect, neglect their old friends. I mean, I know I do it. You know, people who live really nearby and we just, for some reason we don't, uh, we don't get together. We text, but you know, it's only a couple times a year. You could probably do more. Yeah. It comes down and uh, it, it's always a matter of making the effort. I feel like that that's something um, that I'm pretty good at with uh, um, like my group of friends. Like he, he, if I'm around, I'll always just throw out the opportunity to hang out or something. Um, even if, uh, it, it doesn't know everybody's schedules are kind of different. So sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, but, um, the, the thing is you always got to make the effort, um, to make mm -hmm. it happen. And it's very easy to get caught up in your own life and you're doing your own thing. And, um, there's not necessarily a lot of overlap, but, uh, you got to put the time in because, um, you see it all the time. Like you, you could have a really good friend from your best friend from high school is probably not your best friend now, unless you really kept up with it. Yeah. Uh, your best, same thing, best friend from college or uh, whatever, uh, unless you put the time in to, um, uh, to keep those relationships alive. Uh, they, they kind of dwindle away and you don't realize it. I mean, people get busy with jobs and kids and their move and all that stuff. So it's not, uh, it's not always easy. Um, mm -hmm. in fact, it's hard a lot of times, but uh, 
if you're interested in, in keeping those uh, friendships alive, um, which you should be, uh, yep. ideally, yep. Um, you got to put in the effort to do it. I mean, that's one of the regrets that you hear from older people. I know I talked to my grandpa, who's uh, he's 95 now. And wow. uh, when I talked to him, he I mean, he's he tells me that one of his biggest regrets is just letting, you know, drifting away from friends. You know, he doesn't really have I mean, this age, you know, it's I mean, the age is a factor because, you know, a lot of people have just haven't made it. But he just yeah. doesn't have too many friends left. And uh, the ones he did have, he just kind of drifted away from. And he, that's one of his major regrets is not maintaining contact. And the uh, thing is, it's like, you know, <laughs> that can happen. It, th you mentioned it. You don't notice it happening. It's just a very gradual uh, process that uh, slowly unfolds under your nose in your subconscious. You know, you're the, the withering away of the relationship. And so yeah. uh, you got to just kind of be proactive. Now, Keith, do you, do you find that you're... Are you the one of your friends that, that are you the, uh, the one that calls people and, and sets things up? Are you the one that maintains relationships across the entire group? Um, there usually is that, you know, one or two guys that has that role I've found. Yeah. I, I'm not necessarily calling people, but I will. Um, I mean, it's even something as simple as like, Hey, anybody around this weekend? And then people are like, ah, I'm here. I'm around like Sunday afternoon, but I got plans Friday and Saturday or mm -hmm. whatever. And like I said, sometimes it works out. Sometimes it doesn't. So um, I can't say I'm, I'm like the, I'm not the only one that does that, but I'm probably more likely than anybody else to do that. Um, well, you're, being, you're being the stimulus. If you're the one bringing it worried, you're starting the conversation yeah. about it. Yeah. Otherwise well, another week just goes by. Yeah. Yeah. Some other friends also do that, but um, I pr maybe do it a higher proportion of the time um, yeah. than anyone. And I, I've, uh, I don't know. I don't know if I've just been lucky or it's something I, it sounds egotistical to say, but um, I don't know if I've been lucky or if it's something about me or my personality, but I have groups of friends, like my, my um, group of friends that I grew up with from like uh, being a very little kid, um, like two years old, all through elementary school, middle school, high school. Um, I'm still really close with those guys. Like I haven't grown away from my childhood friends. And then my group of friends that I was uh, got really close to in college, I also haven't grown away from them either. Um, and the, my college friends, a lot of them live close by because we all went to a state school. So we stayed in New Jersey. But um, my friends that I grew up with, like uh, I'm the only one that still lives in the state we grew up in. Everybody else is in a different state now. But um, I've just been, like I said, either lucky or uh, there's something about the friendships like that I've been able to make where they kind of stay, um, stay together for a longer period of time. Like I don't see them. I mean, of course I've had friends that have drifted off and I don't talk to anymore from high school or college or whatever, but, uh, really like the core groups of friends, like my best friends are, have lasted, uh, my whole lifetime, which part I'm really, of the, part of this is your personality though, because you're, this is like your, 
able to function in different contexts. So you're not going to fall, you're not going to drift away from people. You're able to stay friends in the different contexts with each type of person. And mm-hmm. um, it's like we were talking about this in the dexterity videos, you know, that kind of um, not being rigid or fixed or one dimensional like that. Um, some people just can't. If they've just got this one thing, they just, when you grow up or you get older or whatever, you just, they can't really stay friends with two. Like some people just can't be friends with two people who are totally opposed to each other in some way. Uh, I don't mean like real enemies. I just mean they're just like so different. Mm-hmm. Uh, and other people are just can function in both of them. And and it's not a problem for the other people. They're not. They're just seeing as the person who's able to do that. They're not seen as like tra- traitor going from camp to camping or um, uh, Paul Publisher has a word for people like this. Uh, and for um, Pocahontas people, so you can go from one thing to another, <laughs> something like that. It's a Pocahontas person, something like this, and um, uh, it's a type of person. Uh, it's true. So he was talking about it in the context of those are the ones in the patchwork in the patchwork age can go from they're like the stitching between the patchworks so they can mm-hmm. go from one to another and they kind of bind it together by being like that but there's that's a minority to, uh, number of people uh I most had people a, a like conversation that. um last saturday with paul and hayden uh they asked me to do um talk about like the patchwork thing so i i one of the things that paul said um about me was that I was, um, I had a higher tolerance for, uh, um, like, oh, I forget the word, higher tolerance for uh, ambiguity or something along those lines um, than other people. And and maybe that's... uh, Uncertainty, I think it was. Uncertainty, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, So maybe that was... Maybe those things are related was what I'm trying to say. Like, um, is, uh, I don't know. There, there's something I've been able to keep those friendships, not because of necessarily because I have the same opinions and everything with my friends. So I actually differ from my friends in a lot of, uh, opinions, political views, um, all these things, but there's, uh, there's something more core there that like the, the friendship is, uh, is more important than any of that stuff. Um, I'm often just like the crazy guy too. So mm-hmm. <laughs> they're, they're accepting of that, which is great. <laughs> I would, uh, to our, anyone listening, I would say, you know, you, you could be that, you know, with your, within your group of friends. And I would urge you to, because uh, one thing I've noticed is that there's always this resistance to, a lot of people have resistance to maybe seeming too needy or too wanting, you know, like, oh, I don't want to be the guy that that calls, that, that texts my friend and asks to hang out or something or go on a hike. But I think almost everybody wants someone to ask them to hang out and to get together. Um, I know I, I certainly do. It's always a pleasure when a friend out of the blue contacts me and says oh you know it's been a while let's you know let's go let's go hang out or you know let's have dinner or something and so i would say uh, i would urge anyone listening to this who maybe has uh i would i would urge anyone listening to this to be a little more a little more like keith and uh be that 
that stitching between the groups. Uh, you know, call your friend, text your friend, whatever, and uh, try to get a little hangout going because it, it really is important. Yeah, I think a lot of people get hung up on being um, rejected by a friend. Like they take it, uh, they take it harder than it needs to be. Like if I ask uh, if, if my friends want to get together and they got other plans or they're doing something, I'm like, okay, that, that's fine. Yeah. It, was, it was out there for if anybody wanted to, but exactly. um, you kind of got to get over the fact that uh, it's just not going to, you're not going to get a yes. All the I mean, time. if it's, if it's every weekend, it might, there might be a problem, but you know, like yeah. now and again, obviously it's people have stuff yeah. to do. And, mm -hmm. and, and sometimes you don't, somebody asks you to do something you don't want to do. It, it's not convenient for whatever reason, or it's a hassle, you just, and you're really just not in the mood, but you've already agreed. So you kind of go almost always in those times, you're glad that you went once you've gone. Uh, it's very yeah. rare that you're like, I really wish I hadn't gone to that. I, it's just hardly ever happens. Yeah. Um, that really. Yeah. Uh, so you just, so once happens a few times you realize, Oh, this is just one of those times I'll be, I'll be fine when I get there. You just kind of tell yourself and then you like it. And you know that the same is happening to other people when you're saying that to them, they probably can't be, but you know, you're like, let's go and do this thing. And then uh, you're the one phoning them and they haven't, you know, like prodding them to hurry up or whatever. And uh, it's the same for them too. Uh, yeah. someone, someone has to say something or they'll just play on their phone and sit online. And there's too many things to do now to stop you being bored. Like uh, I, I, I know. Go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to say, I just remember my like uh, home village. I just remember when the, People were talking about how empty the, the local pub would be. Uh, at one point, it just suddenly got empty and all the young people weren't going out. It was like it used to be just everyone who was like old old enough or was thought old enough was allowed in. It would go and they would just be like mobbed or whatever. And then it just suddenly wasn't and people couldn't understand why they, they weren't going stuff. And it was social media. It's as simple as that. They just, yeah. that urge, will I go out and speak to people? Oh, nah. and, and it gives you the little dopamine hit. It's, have a quick chat on, online and then you just don't go. And then I just, it, it's, yeah. it makes it easy for you not to go. You're not like, it's the same principle, actually, that takes people into porn. You, you're, it, you don't, it means you won't, they won't make the effort to go out and try and meet someone because it's, yeah. it's kind of just enough to, to, to stop them. Um, it's the same idea. Uh, I don't know, is this dopamine or, or some, something else that's flowing through you? A lot of stuff going on, yeah. But yeah, yeah. I I found that everybody's kind of waiting for somebody to speak, you know, to speak up and to, to invite or to put forward some, you know, suggest some, some outing. Everybody's waiting for that. So it just takes, you know, you just got to get out and do it. It's going to be fun. Yeah. 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 And, and if, if it doesn't work out one time, I mean, that shouldn't be uh, a detractor from trying it again or, asking again or uh just timing works out better sometimes um for certain activities um there's something about like i i see what you're saying kevin about like people they'll whatever they have the conversation online so they don't feel like they got to go out as more um or meet with people in real life as more but there's something about um uh it's just a better experience in person um just the the jokes are better the um conversation is better uh people are like you're more in the moment you know like it like a text you could see and you could ignore uh put off till later um 
but you can't do that in person or hopefully you wouldn't ignore someone that when uh, they're with you in person is you're just engaged is what I mean. And that, that would, that brings with it like a certain like spirit of engagement, like it, everybody's together and uh, you're all feeding off the same energy and having a good time. And maybe you're eating a meal, or you're having drinks or something. And um, that's all building into the experience that you just don't get uh, through uh, something online. Um, your brain needs some kind of touching as well, you know, just like little touches here and there, your hands, somebody yeah. so, like it's pat on the shoulder or whatever. And, just tiny yeah. things where you just might be silent for a while and you just like that kind of, you, you know, you do something with your hand on your your friend's shoulder or whatever. And it's like something's just been said and that will last maybe, you know, yeah. you know 30 seconds a minute. That's, that's you're communicating. And then you're talking about the next thing. And, uh, there's something in you needs that, you know, like if, if babies need stroked a certain amount of times or it makes them, you know, it's, it's not good for them if they don't get a certain amount of it. Why would that not continue when we're older? It's just, it's deeper. Yeah. You just got to remember that that is just the, the ancient, you know, natural uh, way of being in the world is with other people. Uh, you, you just can't replace that with anything else. So yeah, you got to keep that going. Yeah, I find the uh, it's a lot harder to be funny um, if you're not in person. Like I can make jokes like uh, if you're in person, uh, you could essentially just um, have a certain look on your face and it's funny, like based on the context of of. Uh, how people are like the, I guess the context is what it is. It matters a lot um, is because that, that setting, like everybody knows about that setting a little bit because they're a part of it. If you're online, um, then it's just, it's harder to come across. Um, back to, I mean, it, this kind of, I'm driving back into an earlier point that maybe you made Eric or maybe it was Kevin. I can't remember. Um but the extremes that people go to online to get gain attention, like you don't have to do that in person. You don't have to be so extreme. You could be more subtle or uh, more nuanced in, in what you're talking about or joking about um, because there is that shared context in person um, where it's, it's not the same online or it's a different context. Um, so you, you aren't driven to the extremes as much because um one of the extremes could be really polarizing. So if you're only with like one or two other people and they're not feeding into that extreme, then uh, you kind of have to temper yourself and take on their perspective uh, just to get along with them in that situation. Um, and uh, I said one, but there's not a part two. That was all I had for that idea. So um, <laughs> I'm not cutting it in later. You're going to have to just leave the gap. That's fine. I'll, uh, the audience is going to be upset, but maybe that'll keep them Cliffhanger. coming in next week too, or the week after. Keith Hanger. Yeah. Keith Hanger. Yeah. Keith Hanger. Yeah. Trademark. <laughs> but yeah, like um, the comedy stuff. So like the funniest person I've ever known uh, uh, was like, it's, it was uh, slapstick kind of humor. It's obviously impossible online. It's like there's just that physical-based humor. Uh, 
like uh, integrated with wit and and um, uh, like uh, ridiculous stories and stuff. But it was like you can't really abstract the stories and the wit from the the physicality. It's all it's really is like a really psychophysical humor actually. To to be it wouldn't translate online probably. No no no, it would just look mad online. Um, yeah. Well, it's a bit mad offline as well, but. Um, but and there's like an energy thing or whatever. It's hard to it's hard to describe. And uh, yeah, uh, so like the because like the humor online can get very very. It gets like a small. It gets more and more. Um, like it goes like circle like uh, small and smaller circles. The humor, you know, it doesn't it doesn't it's not expanding humor, and then it just becomes kind of weird or or um, neurotic or, or something. Um, so there's something like that open-ended. You need a kind of open-endedness for for a certain for real human. I think you can't. And the problem with online is it's too closed, or it takes you more and more closed. But I guess for you guys, it's different now. Like having met in real life and stuff and done things, there's another layer of humor you can have now online because now you're it's different now. It's not the same as as them um, mm-hmm. just guys that you know online only. Tell you what, my humor online is a lot different because it's basically just uh, focused on gifts as opposed to anything else. Well, you That's did hard. a lot of charade. you did a lot of charades in Hawaii. You're yeah, I was I was acting out the gifts. Yeah, it was okay. It was cool. It was pretty cool, but it wasn't the same effect. No, yeah, hologram humor. <laughs> yeah, and even uh, like even my. Um, I don't know. You know what jokes are going to hit with certain people. So you're more likely to like yuck up that side of yourself when you're around people, just because it's, I don't know, it's more fun or whatever. Um, And you know, like some people just aren't going to get that humor. So you get uh, whatever, ease off the gas pedal on, on that type of stuff. So um, I don't know. You, the, it comes back to that context again. Like you know, in certain contexts, when you're in, uh, you, when you're in a context with someone, like you can be a certain way, and it's not necessarily, you're not necessarily being a different person, but you're just, um, you're giving those areas, uh, letting some areas of yourself shine, and other areas not, just based on um, what's appropriate for uh, the people you're you're with. Um, the thing is online is you don't have that type of context. So you decide your context for being online and then other people find out whether they resonate with it or not. Um, so there's not, uh, at least it's like a lot of it's just a one way thing. And then the people that do like it kind of mirror that back to you somehow, um, but it's, it's different. Uh, like I said, it's, it's two different worlds um, to try to be a part of. And um, it's probably a, uh, probably going to be an importance. I mean, it is. I mean, you know, it's just in like before the Internet, it was a lot of people. They had like their personality at work and you had to be a certain way at work. Or if you went to church, you acted a certain way. But like if you're home, you could be uh i don't know a little more or a little less serious or um like if you're the the boss of a company and you have to play that role you have to be in that role a little bit and it doesn't mean that you're 
being disingenuous. It just means that you have a role to fulfill and, uh, uh, you contain multitudes, you know? Yeah. Old Whitman line. Yeah. I think we've, we've always had that aspect. We've always had that ability as as humans Mm -hmm. to in multitudes. So, yeah, I don't think it's anything new. It might, the degree might be a little, a little new. Yeah. The intensity of the experience online might be new, but like there's a concept called like code switching. I think, I don't know if you've heard that. It's the same kind of thing. Codes, code switching. Like, yeah, I don't don't know. It's people who are code code. Yeah. Code. Okay. I've heard that phrase before. And I think it's uh, like speaking is it's basically speaking differently at work, at school, with your family, with your friends. You, you almost become a different person. Uh, I have a friend who's, uh, who grew up in Mexico. Uh, he lives here now, but uh, <laughs> when like we're hanging out and then like his a friend from Mexico will call him and he gets on the phone, he's a to- he becomes a different person, you know? He's, it's, yeah. And he's speaking Spanish. And so I, like, I understand a little bit, but you can tell it's just, he, he's a different personality. He's almost, it's like a different, it's almost like not schizophrenic, but it's uh it really is like he has a he has multiple personalities based on the language i think that's that's an extreme example of what you're talking about there's even a little bit of that yeah when people just doesn't even need to be a different language just when they slip into their old stronger accent so they're speaking to people over here and then they speak to someone from their home and and it'd be like it's quite shocking to some people when they don't when they hear it uh but the person really doesn't usually notice at the time yeah yeah, I'm sure I mean, you have that, right, Kevin? Yeah, yeah. People always have commented on it. Yeah, or like when I'd go up north and then come back, people would always they they would, when I would like when I was living in England, I would go north, even if it was only for like two weeks, and then I'd come back, and the first week would be people constantly, "What? Pardon? Can you say that again?" For the whole first week, can I go back? And it was years <laughs> before I realised, ah, okay, I need to put the posh voice back on. I've got the posh voices now. This is it. This is, this is as good as it gets. Uh, how, how do we get the, uh, the, uh, the Northern Kevin how, uh, to, to hear that? I probably need to just hang around with some friends for a, a week or so. And then it would be, and then do, po- I'll do a podcast from the local pub. Okay. Try that one. I asked uh, him to say purple burglar alarm uh, a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, I could. I'm not going to do it again, but I could. <laughs> It was the entire episode was him trying to. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the uh, there's a positive side of this um, that I wanted to bring up that like the the being able to be a different person in different scenarios. I mean, like if you're called into a certain sort of action, and to be able to meet that call, um, like I think like the the extreme example is like someone gets uh, called into having to um uh, like a knight gets called into having to like save the town or whatever so that's like an archetypal example like you have to face the evil like you want to be able to bring forth the personality in yourself that is going to be able to meet that occasion to meet the call to adventure or uh courage or whatever it may be so i mean there's a positive aspect of this in that like people are able to be yeah. Um, a little bit different in different situations. And it almost allows you to be a little bit more than yourself in those situations because you 
Um, you've let one aspect of your personality shine through to meet the occasion uh, more than a different aspect that wouldn't match it so well. Um, so like there is a, uh, um, I don't know, I just, that came to mind. Like there are positive, it's not like, not like you're skin changing or like you're uh, fake. I think that's more real than anything. I, like I said, I think that's human. That's extremely human. That's a unique human trait mm -hmm. to change skins. And I think it's positive, like you said, or it has yeah, a potential. Yeah. To be, you know? Well, it's, 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 it's kind of like it's neutral, but people can use it in good or bad ways because there's also there's like two faced people too that say one thing to your face and then go behind your back and um, th that's just a bad person. But um, so yeah, it, it can. It, there's ways that it manifests in in both positive and, and negative uh, manners. It's simply a human trait, I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just like a, a fist, you can you know use it to I don't know, uh, shake hands with a friend or you know knock somebody out. It's mm -hmm. it goes both based ways. on the context. Sometimes yeah. you knock someone out and then you shake hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Exactly. And the, you're saying, Keith, said about the uh, sort of like a different side of their personality can come out. It's not just coming, expressing a different part of your personality that's already inside you. It's also like a reaching out to some, like an architect that's outside of you. So like someone in a, like you're using the night, you can, or there's the whole idea of heroes, I suppose, as well, when you, it makes the person the, the situation makes the person more than they were before because they have this thing to reach out to sort of kind of unfold something in them but they've became more it wasn't it appears between them and the situation that they have or the problem whatever the issue the problem is or whatever um that will reveal itself but it wasn't it wasn't just inside them it's kind of more part of it mm -hmm. is obviously but it's more complex and um you have to be in more situations for those things to come out Otherwise, you're just going to be the same all the time. So, like your multitudes to to be multitudes, you need to be in new situations to uh, yeah. to reveal your and unfold your multitudes. Yeah. The uh, I mean, if you really want to draw this right back to where we began this talk, um, it's uh, Eric asked, "How do you uh, kind of implement what you learn online into your life?" That like those those certain things are like life reaching out to you and saying, here, grab my hand and come in this direction a little bit. And you do that and you try it on and you like, that's your, that's your invitation right there to try something. Obviously if, if you've um, shown interest or interest you, it piques your interest. It's saying uh, it, it says that there's something there. So um, the, you the got of the universe, you know, what's it's that? The algorithm of the universe is reaching out to you i think yeah yeah it, and it's um it's got a an open thread and it wants you to pull the thread and uh find out what's there but it, it comes back to the person again like you have to be willing to pull the thread if you're gonna find out what if there's anything on the other end of it so if someone's listening to this right now and they say they have like lots of online friends say it's on twitter they have all these online friends but they haven't actually met anyone in real life yet uh, how would you, any ideas for suggesting people to people what they could do to initiate the meeting offline? 
Yes, I know exactly what you book an Airbnb in um, Hawaii. Big Island. And then uh, you invite these people and they all go and um, meet up there. So very simple, uh, cost effective, um, efficient. Uh, it's a mm -hmm. perfect plan uh, for so, anybody to do. Yep. I would say get uh, sort of outside communication going, you know, whether it's uh, just a, a DM like a group chat on Twitter or, uh, you know, exchange phone numbers and start texting or, uh, you know, maybe just do a, like a call, like a zoom call or something. So take it outside of the, the app or whatever Probably. you're using. So oh, now you yeah. kind of know them at two levels. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That makes yeah. a big difference. Yeah. Uh, there's a certain level of trust there too. Uh, and I think that that's like a, uh, kind of your next le next step of, um, kind of making it more real because you could exchange, you could have a reply to people on Twitter or even uh, DM on Twitter. But if you, um, like Eric said, if you exchange like a phone number, that's like, that's a little bit more personal. So it shows that you're extending a little bit of trust in both directions or even email, or if someone's anonymous and they give you their real name or something, it, it just gives, um, that it, that's one step in like saying, okay, maybe this is like, it's an actual friendship. It's not just like two uh, uh, online acquaintances. Um, yes. So any one of those things uh, are, I don't know. It, it, it's uh, the, the key thing that I wanted to mention is just, it shows a level of trust that like, uh, this is like a, it's something not public anymore. So it's like, uh, yeah. You... So, so it's it's an element of risk then. I mean, like it's relatively small risk, but in online world, it's big risk if you're anonymous. Uh, yeah. So you're revealing yourself slightly in the same way as you become better friends with somebody if they take a risk for you mm -hmm. or they, you know, that that's part of, or knowing that they would take a risk for you is part of it. Um, mm -hmm. So that's kind of the first step from online. It's very like small or whatever, but it's it's kind of abstract, but it's real to the person. Yeah. It really does, you know, I don't want... I trust this guy enough not to tell people I live in this small town that now people can maybe start finding me and I've been saying weird shit online. Um, mm -hmm. Or he might turn up here or whatever. Uh, you know, he's not too weird. Or if he turns up, it's okay. Um, yeah. So like that's, yeah, because that's a, that's a thing where people, um, if you know people in more than one context, you start becoming more friends with them. Uh and you, you, there's also like, there's that thing where uh, if people tell stories and then you break off the story to tell another story and then you go back to the story and it makes you feel like you know the person more because they're, that's the kind of way friends talk, you know, you interrupt each other, you go off on a tangent and anyway, so back that, you know, and then you finish the story or whatever, but it's like formal relationships, you don't really do that. Um, it's a bit like that, but in the context of, uh, you now have that kind of thing going on with this person because you're speaking to them on maybe on Twitter, on replying to each other's tweets, but you're also having DMs back and forward. You'd also like the occasional Zoom call or whatever. And then if you're meeting up, so you have this um, multiple layers uh, of the kind of interaction you're having with the person. And uh, you're just kind of, it's becoming more and more real. Uh, deeper and yeah. deeper until you actually, or uh, until actually is real. And it yeah. always heads that way. It goes that way. So once you yeah. know somebody in a few ways online, it was all of a sudden they're, they're, you're meeting them. Yep. Um, 
if it's practical or you're planning, it's, you know you're going to meet them. That's another thing. So there's a whole bunch of people that I know I will be meeting, but it just hasn't happened yet. But it's not like it, it's a certainty. Kevin, uh, come on. Don't, it's hard to get to Cyprus from New Jersey. So it'll happen eventually. I know the, you just the far end of the swim is quite... The, it's warm. The last part of the swim is warm. You'll be fine. Okay. You've got <laughs> you've got strength, endurance, dexterity. You're fine. Thank you. Speed. I would also say that uh, people should realize that you know this online stuff. It it really. I mean, it, it's real. You know, like online friends. I've realized that they it, it is real friendship. Um, and you know, don't discount it. Don't uh, shortchange it. You know, take it seriously, and uh, it can blossom into a beautiful thing yeah. yeah it's good to have people interested in the same stuff you are because uh like i said it, it doesn't always happen um just by your the friends that you grew up with or were put together with in different situations so um i suppose that could be bad if you're both interested in terrible things but uh most people are not interested in terrible things but the beauty is that if you're interested in it, you don't think it's terrible. So, yeah, no, I meant like there's there's like subcultures that are just interested in <laughs> terrible stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, they're just evil people. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, I didn't mean to put a damper on that, but uh, yeah. All right. Well, the the video is about to run out. You guys got any last thoughts, or uh, do you want to call it a day on this one? No, I'm just good. anyone anyone listening, if you want to meet anyone uh, talking, get in touch. So, yeah, yeah. yeah, no weirdos, though. I don't want any weirdos. No weirdos. This is why I surround myself with water. I think of the, the med as a moat, keeping people out of the castle, you know. So, uh, yeah. but you're, you know, welcome within reason. Yep. All right. Thanks, guys. Good okay. time.